Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Reka and Josh about Return to Learn protocols. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They're the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health rehabilitation in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to The Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me and the podcast by visiting facesoftbi.com. And also, while you're there, be sure to check out the Brain Health Academy that I've co-created with Sue Wilson of CTE Health. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Today, our guests are Reka and Jash. And Reka is a junior in high school and an avid advocate for students that have suffered traumatic brain injury. After her own experience with two concussions, she is rewriting Return to Learn protocols for students post-injury. She actively pursues her passion for policy and advocacy through several youth organizations and courses in the realm of law and politics. Josh is currently a senior in high school in Naperville, Illinois, and after spending much of his life involved in combat sports, specifically Taekwondo, he could see the effects of concussion on his teammates and wanted to fix the gaps in the state system and academic reintegration post-injury after hearing what happened with his dear friend, Reka. So welcome to the podcast, Reka and Josh. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. How are you? I am really good, thank you. Um, So you guys are in Chicago area, and I am here in Minneapolis, and um, we are getting ready for our first real snow, so I'm not really sure how I feel about that. How about you guys? (laughs) No snow yet, and I'm really hoping for Christmas this year. Yeah, it's actually been... I mean, for our area in Chicago, because of how sporadic the weather is, it's actually been relatively nice for a December. Yeah, it's like in the 50s. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's, it was 50 today. Yeah, it's been amazing, the weather. So I'm not ready for it to shift into winter just yet. But, I mean, I know it's December. <laughs> but, you know, part of that is um, a response to my accident. So I, I, um, I've resolved to the fact that I probably just need to move to Florida. So. <laughs> I will so, say oh, go ahead. 
How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was really good. Thanks for asking. It was very lovely. I got to spend the day with my entire family. So we don't get together very often. So it was really fun. So, Reka, I want to start with having you share with our listeners. So, you both are in high school, and I just really want to reiterate that for our listeners because I think it is so amazing what you two are doing um, to try to help other students who've been through a similar situation as you so that they don't have to be treated the same way that you were. Um, So, Reka, I'd like for you to share your story and just kind of give us the gist of what happened after you returned to school as well. Absolutely. So, um, as I was starting high school, um, starting my freshman year of high school, I hit my head um, when I fell off of a patio swing. And after that, um, I had definitely a lot of photosensitivity, a lot of headaches, um, difficulty focusing. And but the major symptoms kind of subsided, and I kind of just charged through the rest of my freshman year, but I really didn't know that I hadn't really fully recovered. And when I was about to start my sophomore year of school, I hit my head again against a locker and a brick wall, and that's when my symptoms just got way, way worse, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't read. I couldn't go hang out with friends. Um, I just got terrible headaches and I was always dizzy. And that's when I explored various treatments with um, my parents. My parents have been so supportive um, and different rehab programs like rehab Chicago and Cognitive FX. And um, with Dr. Alina Fong, I'm, I know you had her on um, your podcast as well. She's amazing. Yeah. And, yes, she um, is. And when I was to get back into school, I realized that um, when we were trying to come up with a 504 plan um, with my guidance counselors, my teachers, um, I realized that it took several subsequent meetings to even come up with a proper plan that everyone agreed upon. And in, before anything, any of my accommodations went into place, it was about a month um, before I had any support at school. And that's really what I'm trying what we're trying to fix here is um, making sure that students have immediate accommodations as soon as they get back to school post-injury. That's really what we're here to talk about. Josh, do you want to add anything? Uh, no, I think it's pretty good for your part of the story. Yeah, and so when you, I, I remember, so you and I, um, the three of us, we met for coffee one day, and that was really amazing to get to know to, you, to get to know you two. And you know, you kind of shared with me how you went from being an honor student um, to now you're a year behind your class because of you know missing too much school and not getting good grades after your you know post concussion, and it just kind of blows my mind that these teachers didn't somehow grasp that you were struggling because of your concussion and try to get you further help or, or further accommodations in school. Um, it just, it really blows my mind how you can take a bright student and watch her just decline and, and kind of not, you know, not do anything about it. And obviously I know nothing about these teachers, but, you know, it's just, it just kind of blows my mind that this even actually happens. 
Jacqueline, I think it's just, it's, it really is telling um, how unaware people are and how, how much um, there is that people don't know about traumatic brain injury and concussion. Um, and, you know, um, their, their lack of compliance with the plans that we had in place was purely a result of them not knowing what symptoms they could attribute to a concussion and um, what I may have been quote unquote faking. Um, yeah. which is definitely something that I'm sure all traumatic brain injury survivors can relate to. Um, just the stigma and the label um, of you know, maybe misrepresenting symptoms. Um, that is definitely something I struggled with, which is definitely something that I think you're doing an awesome job promoting with your podcast and your organization. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I remember you mentioning, I can't remember, I think it was the school nurse that you said, um, said something to the effect of, um, you know, there's plenty of other students in school with a concussion that don't need these accommodations. Um, you know, kind of like, why would you need them if they don't? And, you know, I think that just goes to what you're saying about the lack of awareness and how no two concussions are the same, no two people respond the same way, no two people have the same recovery, no two people have the same, you know, present exactly the same with their symptoms. And who knows, those kids might be struggling as well and just don't know how to articulate it or, you know, to ask for the help the way that you did. So many kids with concussions and athletes don't even know that there are accommodations out there to help them um, get through school. And, um, and yes, students sustain four to five concussions and, you know, they are quote unquote doing fine. Um, and yes, my school nurse did question why it was taking me so long to recover. And I, again, attribute that to the lack of awareness. And, and schools, honestly, they grade concussions based off severity. And I think that is the most wrong thing to do, which is really what we're trying to make sure doesn't happen with the protocols that we're putting in place for students in Illinois, because like you said, every concussion really is different. And the healing period just varies so much based off of um, injuries that the person has sustained before or, or honestly just Yeah, and, you know, talking about they're trying to grade a concussion, and that is, that's a clear indicator that they have not updated their education because grading concussions hasn't happened since, I think, like, the 80s, maybe even the 70s. Like, that's very old, um, uh, I want to say technology, but that's the wrong word. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just, it's very old education that they've had. And so I'm so glad that you two are so passionate Um you know, I mean, it takes a village in, in this community, and I'm so thankful to have you two um, lobbying for other, ch other school-aged children. Um, Josh, I'd love for you to chime in and share how, you know, you and Rika have been friends for a long time, but just how you have, have, have come to be involved in helping her with this passion. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, a little bit of background on basically how I got interested into the subject, I think was just because I, um, as you said before, I was, I've been involved in combat sports for the majority of my life and, you know, concussions there and uh, traumatic brain injuries there have a very different, um, there's kind of a very different outlook on them from like kind of the Hollywoodized version um, that they've presented in like 
these big blockbusters re- revolving around like football and rugby and all these like very intense sports. Like the idea there is kind of like you get one, there's this like understanding or camaraderie, like you kind of shake it off and you move on because you know, that's just part of a combat sport. And, um, you know, I saw a lot of really um, harmful effects among my teammates and, uh, you know, um, and they're kind of uh, how difficult it was for them to get back into school after they sustained uh, some sort of traumatic brain injury due to the sport. Um, and I just found it to be um, really intriguing. And I found it was quite a bit of a problem for them because a lot of them alongside me were also very high achieving students and you know, watching them, their grades dip from like A to B way down to some of them failing their classes, um, some of them even failing some of their favorite and most uh, the classes that they tend to do the best in um, was just very um, kind of heartbreaking to see because as a student, I know how difficult it was for me to work to, uh, you know, get to one of those and hearing the fact that they did not get the accommodations to, you know, support them through their injury was kind of difficult to hear. And, you know, my sophomore year, um, Rick and I had a history class that we were in together and, you know, we kind of, um, we knew each other uh, really well for that first semester. And she kind of disappeared after that um, because of the severity of her symptoms. Um, and after that, you know, we kind of reconnected and we kind of figured out that, you know, just like some of my teammates, she faced the same issues that you know, the schools weren't providing her the proper accommodations. So timely in a timely manner and, you know, allocating their resources to the best of their disposal. So what we decided to do is, you know, over the summer, we decided to, you know, go through multiple drafts, do a lot of research and write a proposal um, and, you know, propose it to as many state representatives, state senators as we could. Um, And here we are now, basically, we're trying to get it passed and push it through. And what I really want to reiterate with um, why TBI, um, it's a sustained TBI's needs, accommodations in, in such a quick manner um, in comparison to like other students with other injuries is because um, already coming back to school um, after missing some amount of school heal from your injury, you're already overwhelmed by the amount of work that you've missed. And the level of anxiety and the level of frustration of not being able to perform the way that you used to before just compounds the issues. So if students don't have the support that they need perform well academically, as soon as they get back, it's just going to make issues worse. So that is really why we are doing what we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, it's what you're saying about how in your case, it was like a good four weeks before you got any of your accommodations implemented. And, you know, you come back to school after a concussion, whether you've been out for a couple days or a couple weeks, it doesn't matter. It's like, you have all this noise, you have the overhead lights in the school, you have, you know, the hallways are crowded and they're loud and, you know, just, and then add that to the fact that you have to read three chapters tonight and take a hundred word test tomorrow. And, you know, it's just, it's so much. And, you know, I, I was talking to a neuropsychologist who deals with pediatric patients and he's like, there's so many other ways to prove that you understand the material um, instead of having to take, you know, a hundred word multiple or a hundred question multiple choice quiz or writing an essay or writing, you know, a five page paper. There's so many other ways the teacher can verbally ask them things and, and 
and get to, to the answers to know that they understand the material. Um, and so, you know, it's really bringing some awareness to the teachers that there are other ways. I mean, the teachers are aware of it, but yet they're not aware of it, right? And so helping teachers understand that, you know, you can sit and chat with the student for 20 minutes and really know if they if they've come to understand the material and if they haven't then you also can understand that maybe they need some more help with um with their accommodations and their recovery exactly and especially when um like like i experienced um students experience such a decline in their grades and it's very evident um you know when you drop from a's to d's um in such a short Time period that is definitely something that we are making sure that teachers and faculty pay attention to in identifying when a student has a concussion. So, there are builder, there are three um, aspects to it it's the identification of a traumatic brain injury in a student, confirmation, and then we're, we're mostly focusing on the reintegration process. And Josh, you can expand. Yeah, um, so identification is based on the um, training that uh, teachers, faculties, and coaches receive um, in order to ident first identify a concussion um, or a TBI uh, in a student, um, whether it is in a classroom or on the field. And um, you know, currently, the state of Illinois actually is doing a relatively good job at that. They um, have allowed the teachers and coaches to be coached by two manuals, one from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the other by the uh, IHSA. So these teachers, they have to go through a mandatory, teachers and coaches have to go through a mandatory two-hour course um, to, you know, figure out uh, how these students are, uh, you know, what symptoms they can be presenting, um, whether it is in the classroom or on the field. Um, so that's the identification uh, aspect of it. Confirmation is based um, in the idea that, you know, when students um, are get the diagnosis of a concussion or CGI from the school, um, how is it confirmed? Um, specifically, how, which, what is the proper authority for it to be confirmed by? Uh, because, you know, there are plenty of students who get... Um, uh, you know, who get misdiagnosed by somebody, by uh, you know, a physician who's not um, in the field of, or related to the field of uh, neurology at all. Um, so, you know, the confirmation is important because TBI or traumatic injury and their symptoms have to be confirmed by the proper authority, whether it be a neuropsychologist, a neurologist, a pediatric neurologist, whatever it may be. And then the reintegration portion, as Rayka mentioned, is, um, you know, to establish temporary um, accommodations for students so that they may be eased back into an academic environment and they may perform to the best of their abilities given their symptoms um, with their traumatic brain injury. Yeah, and I think, you know, you brought up a good point about how, you know, a child might get hurt, you know, whether it's at home or maybe they were in a car accident or maybe they were playing sports, whatever it is, you know, and if Say they went to the emergency room and they were sent home told they're fine um you know that's really important that piece of what you're talking about and how the teachers need to be able to be like okay why is the student struggling now like what has changed what has happened and i do know that there is also a push to pass some legislation um and don't quote me that i'm getting this right but something to the effect of um, when kids go into elementary school then when they go into middle school and then when they go into high school they currently have like a vision and a hearing test and they also want to add to that test 
a couple questions about like, have you had, you know, have you had a head injury? Have you hit your head or think that you maybe have had a head injury? Um, just to try and gather some more information um, for that exact reason. Because sometimes kids have accidents and nobody even knows that they have a concussion. And then they go on to continue struggling in school. So I think that brings up a really, really important part as well. And I'm glad to hear that that's um, part of what you guys are working on. Yeah, that's definitely progression in the right direction. And um, we love that that's happening. Um, another thing that was like really alarming when we were doing some research on um, policy in Illinois was that um, doctors are required to sign off on students being able to return to play and return to sports they are not required to sign off on students when they are returning to academics and returning to learning, which is really alarming because the amount of cognitive effort and the amount of um, tasks that students need to perform in order to be successful in school are, are very significant. So not having doctor approval um, to the school and um, not being cleared by a doctor Yeah, that, you know, that is quite alarming. Um, you cut off a little bit at the end there, Rick. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but it is really alarming. And, you know, you bring up a really great point on the return to play versus return to learn. And I recently spoke in Boston. I spoke at a yoga conference at Harvard. And I had a woman come up to me in the bathroom afterwards. And she was telling me a story about her son and exactly what you were just talking about. The doctors clear him to play, but they, but there's nothing about return to learn. And, you know, she's like, he is just struggling. He went from like an A student to like a D student. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a really big problem. It's not just Illinois <laughs> and some states have better, um, return to learn protocols than others. And, um, I'm glad that you guys are paving the way. Um, so tell us a little bit. So after we met, um, I forget, it was a few months ago that you and I met. And then you guys actually had a wonderful story in the Chicago Tribune. And then that led to a legislator reaching out to you guys. So tell us a little bit about that. Are you guys still there? <laughs> um I can't hear you guys if you are. It does not look like you've dropped, um, but I am not hearing you if you are still there. Um, so maybe if you guys have dropped, um, try calling back in real quickly. Um, oh, technology. This morning I was doing a Facebook Live and was having trouble with that as well. Um, all right, I'm going to click this button there, and hopefully they can uh, call right back in. Um, so this morning I was trying to do Facebook Live, and we were having technical challenges as well. So <laughs> hopefully they can uh, get right back in here. Um, but so when I met with Reka and Josh, um, I was just so impressed with everything that they're doing. These are two high school kids. And they're just so passionate about helping other kids not have to go through the similar situation as um, that Reka did. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it's a story you hear over and over and over and over again. And, you know, it's not just school. It's also work. Um, and, I, oh, she's texting me, you guys. Just one second. 
Um, so I'm going to try calling back in. I'm not, I'm not sure at all what happened there. Um, you know, but it's a story here over and over again, you know, and, you know, return to learn, return to work even. And, you know, obviously work um, doesn't have the same guidelines as return to school, but there's just so much complexity to a brain injury and how no two, you know, have the same exact symptoms. No two will have the same exact recoveries. You, you know, you just can't predict if one person is going to take a week to recover or two weeks to recover or two years to recover. Um, so it's really challenging. And I understand the challenges it places on, on doctors and um, teachers and any healthcare providers. I, I understand that that creates a boatload of challenges. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, we see some legislation, especially in return to school, return to learn protocols, because, um, you know, these, these are kids we're talking about. And, um, you know, they are our future, and we need to make sure that we are helping them and setting them up for the best success possible that they can have. Um, oh, she says they're having trouble calling back in. One second, everyone. They're trying to get back. I don't know what's happening. It's the case of the Mondays for all my technology today. Um, but we have just a few minutes of the show left. And so when they get back on, I want to make sure that they're able to share their story um, of meeting with their local um, legislator because it's really cool um, to know. Oh, I think this is them. Is that you guys? Yep. All yes, right. Sorry about that. And when you were giving your last comment, you like all of a sudden kind of cut off, but I thought maybe um, you just like moved your phone, your mouth away from the phone or something. So anyway, we got you guys back and we have just, you know, we have about five minutes left. So I really want to make sure we address what I was asking you before um, you guys got cut off. And that is to share, you know, so you guys had this amazing interview with the Chicago Tribune. And then that led to a legislator reaching out to you guys. So can you guys share a little bit of that journey and what is becoming of that? Absolutely. So, um, yes, we spoke to um, a reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and she um, that article really gave us a lot of um, publicity, and um, a lot of legislators um, reached reach out to us after that. Um, her name is Suzanne Baker, and um, the reporter's name is Suzanne Baker, and um, I had actually um, done a summer summer internship with um, State Representative Stephanie Kisowit, um the summer before. So upon reading our article, she reached out to me, and she she she's actually a um, a veteran, and she is very familiar with um, traumatic brain injury, as you would know, and. Um, PTSD. So she was very interested and she was super excited um, to collaborate with us on this and really push this through. And we're hoping to get the legislation to the floor in February. Um, Josh, would you like to? Yeah. Um, you know, right now, um, where we are currently is we, you know, Representative Kifowitz said that, you know, she's trying to file the motion and that it should be on the floor by February. And right now what we're trying to do is work with her um, legal team as best as we can to, um, you know, figure out the proper language and the proper codification of how we get our proposal uh, into law. 
And then we're also looking um, at, you know, different interest groups and um, different uh, state senators and state representatives who are either uh, in opposition to what we have or in complete agreement with us and trying to set a as many. A lot of co-sponsors as Yeah, well. there's a lot of co-sponsors as well. So we have to, you know, we're trying to set those meetings, trying to explain to them what the purpose of this is, what the far-reaching effects of it could be, and, you know, just um, hoping for the best when it comes to February. Yeah, and I think I think it's given us a lot of hope that um, the legislators are very optimistic about this passing because it's a youth issue written by kids, and um, and it's very telling that you know um, like this is something that I've experienced, and these are the gaps in the system that I've noticed, and that we've really put together into one bill, and um, we're hoping that it's very comprehensive and that we got, get a lot of support on it. Oh, and I think you will. I think you you just kind of hit on what I was going to say is, you know, this is an issue being brought for us by two high school kids. And you guys have had the experience and you guys have done the work and the research. And, you know, you can stand before them in a hearing and share your story. And when it comes to kids, you know, everybody's a little bit softer, right? (laughs) So um, I think you guys stand a really good shot with this. And, you know, things really need to change at a national level, um, but definitely getting that shift at the the state level will be very huge. It'll be a great start. Um, So I'm so proud of you, too. I mean, this is just so amazing to watch you guys doing this. And um, hopefully maybe I can come out in February and and join you in a rally with this. This will be super cool. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for all of your support. You are like one of the first people that we reached out to and you gave us so much encouragement, so much guidance and connected us with so many people that were really influential in the brain injury community. So thank you so much for all your time and all of your encouragement. Yeah, thank you. There's, I mean, we put in a lot of effort from our end, but you know, you've also put in a lot of effort from yours to ensure that we've begun connected with the right people and given us kind of the proper advice to, um, get our proposal where it is now. So thank you so much for that. You two are just so awesome. I could chat with you guys all day. Um, So thank you guys for being here. And Rika, thanks for sharing your story and your journey. And Josh, thank you so much for being the best, like, co-pilot ever for her. Like, I just, I think it's so awesome how you two have teamed up to do this. And, um, yeah, I just I wish you guys so much luck and I can't wait to continue following this journey. I know when that Chicago Tribune piece came out, um, I had a small quote at the end and I had people like that I did not send it to. I had people reaching out to me like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing that these kids are doing this and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> so you guys definitely have some serious reach with that article. <laughs> so you guys, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for I'm today. Thank you. This was amazing. I love talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm sorry for the technical glitch, but it all worked out. And uh, you guys just have a wonderful afternoon. And have I, I hope that you guys don't get the snow we're getting, even though, you know, we do kind of want a white Christmas. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I hope that these two have inspired you as much as they have inspired me. Um, I know that uh, the... 
it, it's hard to express the feeling when someone reaches out to you for support and guidance and just see them put that into action and just run with it. It's just, it's so amazing. So anyway, you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer and be sure to check out previous podcasts at facesoftbi.com. And just one last thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology. You can find them on, on, online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being a part of my journey and have a great day.